0: Welcome to Uncommon Real Estate, where it's all about finding creative solutions for real estate agents and investors. In exclusive mastermind conversations with some of the brightest minds in real estate, you'll learn how to earn an extra six figures a year. Don't follow the herd, be uncommon. Here are your hosts, multi millionaire real estate agent and investor Chris Craddock and Jeff Safright.
1: Been impacted by COVID at all, which um, who has not been impacted by COVID, right? Um, you are allowed to take out, um, I believe it's 50% of your retirement fund uh, uh, penalty free um, this year. Now you can, and you can pay taxes on it over the next three years. So if I've got a lot of friends that say, man, I'd love to invest in real estate, but I don't have the cash, I don't have the money to be able to do that. So um, if you need to, if you want to invest in real estate, boom, right there. Most most people have most of their money tied up in their retirement fund, and the fact that you can take out half of it right now, penalty free, um, and pay pay taxes on it, so it'll it'll come as income to you, um, unless it's a Roth, in which case you've already paid the uh, um, the taxes on it. But a regular IRA, um, you can take that out and you know, pay it back over the next three years. So that's, that's number one. Um, and if anybody's looking to, to buy any properties, you know, let us know because we can help you do that. Um, number two, uh, taxes. This is a huge, huge, huge piece of, uh, of, of why we are building. So when you, when you buy and flip a property, You are paying taxable income on that property. Like that, that is it. When you buy and hold a property, you literally can write off the depreciation. You you can accelerate the depreciation. You can do so many different things with it, but here's the crazy thing. This is what I want us to get um, and really, really understand when you buy real estate. Um, so let's, I, I always talk about this. I want it to, to get in everybody's head. Um, and this is, this is basically what I want to want to talk about. And then we'll, we'll finish up. I'm going to give one last tip on how to find properties and, um, you know, if you want to go out, just an easy, free way to find properties. Um, but here's the thing: if um, if you're looking at the difference between stock market versus real estate market, uh, stock market, you know, has a higher return. You know, it, it definitely does. So let's just call it a 10% return. But if you put 10 grand into the stock market, right, and then you get a 10% return, you're going to make how much? Thousand bucks exactly. So here's the thing. So the government through Fannie and Freddie loans subsidizes um, subsidizes home buying. So we can get loans cheaper. You can't get loans at the same rate to buy stocks as you could to buy a house, right? So you, uh, you can get loans cheaper and more easily and more effectively um, than you could to buy stocks. So if you spend 10 grand on, uh, on stocks and it goes up 10%, you can make a thousand bucks. Now let's just put that into, and let's just make the math easy. It's, it's a little bit more complicated in this, but let's make the math easy and say, you spent 10 grand, but you leveraged it on a 10% down loan for a house and you bought a $100,000 house. And you're seeing an average appreciation of about 4%. So how much do you make on your 10 grand there? You make four grand, right? So you're, they, and, and they call this in, in the investor world, cash on cash return. Your cash on cash return is much better than it is on uh, buying in the stock market. But, you know, I feel like a, a telemarketer, but wait, there's more. And so <laughs> so the next thing though, is this, they're going to give you tax incentives on, on everything. If you set up your corporation right, talk to a CPA, you're going to get a 20% pass-through tax advantage versus regular, they call it ordinary income. So you're going to get a tax advantage through owning your property and how that money comes into you. The next thing, so you were getting appreciation, we're getting a tax advantage. The next thing is you're getting depreciation on the house. So you can depreciate the house and essentially write off the value of the house over 27 and a half years. If you're a real estate professional, you can do it all in, you can, you can write it all off on the first year and take it all in year one against your or your income. If you're not a real estate professional, if you have any other passive income, stock market or other rentals, you can take all of that depreciation against your rentals. And to give you an example of what that looks like. Um, I depreciated a house that I had as a rental last year and I saved 20, just over $24,000 in real taxes that I would have saved over 27 and a half years, but I saved $24,000 in year one. And anybody that knows anything about finances will tell you present day value of money, having my money now versus having that money in 27 and a half years is so much more powerful. So I get depreciation, I get the tax benefit, I get depreciation, I get leveraged income or leveraged uh, assets. And then the last one is you get principal pay down. So you're getting like every single month, your principal's going down as you're you're getting people pay into it. So as you see this, real estate becomes the biggest no-brainer ever. And there's no, this is the crazy thing. The difference between people that own real estate and people that don't, their net worth it's not a percent, What the number I'm about to say. Their net worth is 48X. Not 48% more, but 48 times more, which is a massive number. So the power of real estate is just massive. So that's the deal there. I'm going to throw out one last uh, one last thing. And then if anybody has any questions or comments or anything else, um, let us know. And I'll also tell you, you can get in touch with us. If you've been thinking about getting into real estate, I'll, I'll let you you know, you can get in touch with us on that. But if you want a fast, easy, and effective way to, uh, to find houses that, to flip, here's it. Just, they call it driving for dollars. When you're driving home, when you're driving to a friend's house, when you're driving anywhere, just take different routes, go through neighborhoods. And whenever you see a house that doesn't fit the neighborhood, because that house looks like it is a pile of trash. There's trash everywhere. Like we've all seen those houses, right? You know what those houses look like. You just stop, pull over, jot down jot down the address. And then um, Billy gave a couple of the sites. You can reach out to me or anybody on our team. We can get you sites um, where you can, they call it skip tracing, where you can skip trace. It's like what PIs do to get cell phone numbers and email addresses. You can skip trace, get in touch with these people. And literally you just call them and just say, Hey, um, I'm looking to buy, you know, a property in your neighborhood. I would love to buy your house. Have you ever thought about selling? Simple as that. And then boom. And here's the other crazy thing. Billy went through how to evaluate a property to see whether it's a good deal. If, if you're unsure, call any one of us. If you don't have the money, call any one of us. If you don't know how to do the deal, call any one of us. We, we will um, we will help you get the deal done. And, uh, but, but it's finding that first deal. We'll partner with you. We'll do whatever on that. It's about finding that first deal. And if you're looking to get into the rental game, talk to us on that. Anyway, those are the kind of things that we want to talk about. Does anybody have any questions, thoughts, comments?
0: Hey, Chris. So, um, I'm looking at buying some houses right now and, and just based on your, uh, your, your, um, your, your brief summary there sounds like, Uh, The goal is to flip, you know, make some money off of that, that profit, that, that property, and then eventually build up enough capital so that you can buy and hold some property for cheap, you know, put 20, 30% down maybe and, and start renting that out at a much cheaper price as opposed to um, going straight for that buy and hold with little money down. Is that right?
1: I think I would say it's, it's either or, right? So if I were coaching you, we would um, we'd look at kind of your, your financial situation right now. And if you don't have a bunch of cash, but let's say you have put some money aside in retirement and you can pull, pull out the retirement because of um, what they're doing right now with the COVID relief. Um, and you can take that money out and put it into real estate. I would say that would be, um, that would be a great way to start and a great way to kind of buy properties and and begin building it. You look like a fairly young guy. I don't know how old you are, but uh, you look like a fairly young guy. So the crazy thing is, you know, you start buying houses now and um, if you can buy them and just buy and hold, um, you know, you just put that, that aside. I mean, you just think about it. It doesn't take much to get to a place where you'll have a six figure income that you are no longer working for that's passive. Um, so you get like three, four, five houses that you buy now. Um, and you're able to get that money, you know, get it basically paid off. You have 15 years, whatever it is, um, and then you've got essentially a six figure income, which, you know, the reality is in this area, you have a six figure income that's passive. Um, it doesn't take much more to be able to live a, a a fairly a fairly decent life, you know. So that that would be my uh my take. Um, how do you guys differentiate between kind of which ones you're going to, you're going to do the, the buy, renovate and flip, and which ones you're going to buy and hold? Like what, what's your strategy on that? Well, I think the real key is, you know, you should keep, keep the best uh, and sell the rest. Um, And I I look back over the years and I think some of the biggest mistakes I've made is um, flipping properties that I should have held on to um, because you know, the, the spread was so big. Um, And, I was just on a call earlier today with some massively wealthy people that I look up to a lot and um, they were talking about uh, the importance of net worth versus cash flow. And uh, you know you look at it and if you if you really focus on growing your net worth, the cash flow shows up. And so um, I would just say the real key there is is identify the property, look at it and say, is this something that I would really want to is this something that I would want to keep in my portfolio because it's going to make my net worth strong over the next 20, 30 years? Is this, is this going to build what I'm looking to build? And if it is, you know, I'd say, look to do whatever you can to keep it. And um, you can even do like a burr type strategy Um, burr. We talked about that last time with David Dodge, where if you're buying it with a great margin, let's say you're buying it under market you can refinance out and I actually have somebody I just finally just talked to where you don't even have to get a commercial loan. You can get a uh, 30-year Freddie, uh, Freddie or Fannie loan, back loan where you can do a cash out refi, um, which is really, really great that they're doing that. So you can cash out so you can get your money back and do another one. And you're holding on to that property for you know, 15, to 30 years. So it's, it's funny because I always tell everybody, I, I think townhouses are the best way to go because of the fact that um, uh, you're going to get the best rent with price per square foot. You're going to have the least amount of maintenance. Um, but for me, because it's, it's kind of crazy, um, I've just had opportunity after opportunity. So all, every single one of my rentals is a single family, even though I, I preach and pitch to everybody buy townhouses because it's the better buy. It's just, it goes like, I'm about to buy two, uh, two properties that are going to be rentals. And one of them is in a neighborhood um, uh, in Alexandria where we were going to sell to other people. And then I looked at it and I'm like, dang, this, this looks really good. And it's a neighborhood where all of them are, Are basically tear down new builds, and I'm like, you know, you know. Actually, John, John was the one that that found that, and uh, you know, I started looking at it, and I'm like, dang, if everybody else is tearing down and and rebuilding around here, this is a great place to hold on to. And so, um, you know, a couple people passed, and I looked at it, and I'm like, all right, I'll buy it, you know. And so, and I've got another one. Um, Yeah. Anyway, so so that's that's the whole thing. I mean, obviously, you go where the deals are. Uh, but if you have the choice, price per square foot, you're going to get the best return on that. Now I've got one other one um, that I'm actually we're selling off market to to somebody over in Centerville, and I thought this was really interesting because what he did is he has essentially made his uh, townhouses into duplexes, um, which I thought was really interesting. And so I went into this house that. Uh, um that a buddy of mine was selling and he's like i just need to get it sold he had renters in there um need to get it sold and you walked in and there's the back room the basement that could be turned into a separate room and then you can go up the stairs and go to to the upstairs which is the top two levels and so he literally is just gonna like put a a lock and a door on it going up and then the lock and a door go into the back room and essentially he's making a townhouse into a duplex. So it's not a real, like, you're not getting two certificate, you're not getting two separate certificate of occupancies, but he is going to buy this townhouse for, um, he's buying it close to market value. But the crazy thing is because he's adding value with the duplex and putting a kitchenette in the basement, he is, uh, he's going to cash flow almost a thousand dollars a month for this property. He's buying less than 400,000. So, um, so I do think it, the value is is what you create in it. You're looking for price per square foot, and uh, you know that's just a, a thought right there. Here's the deal: um, you, you've got to look at. There's two ways to buy. You one you buy for cash flow. Two you buy for equity. And so here's here's it's it's a question that you need to look at. So for cash flow, if you look at places like. Um, in, in the DMV area, you're looking at like Manassas and Woodbridge and Frederick, Maryland and Baltimore. These are places where you can buy for a lower price point um, and you're usually going to get money left over at the end of the month, the cash flow. And so if you want to just build out your life based on cash flow, let's say you want 10 grand a month. You can get 10 houses that that will cash flow $1,000 a month, right? And then, boom, you've got 10 grand a month. Now, granted, there's going to be some vacancies. There's going to be some maintenance. So there's going to be some issues there, but you just factor all that into it. And then you can build out the life that you want by reverse engineering it. Um, The second thing is this. Um, if you're building for net worth or building for equity, so like if you're looking at like the Arlington's, like like if I buy a townhouse in Arlington, I'm not going to cash flow unless I buy a, a ridiculous deal because the reality is what you're paying for it, um, you're just paying such a big premium there that they call it a cap rate. Your cap rate, your cash flow rate is going to be a little bit lower. But here's the difference in Arlington. Let's say I'm going to have a $4,000 a month mortgage payment or $3,500 a month mortgage payment. And let's say I rent the house out for $3,500 a month, right? So I'm actually a little bit worse than break even after maintenance or whatever. But, you know, if you look at a 401k or something like that, you know, you have somebody else matching your, your your you know, expense at 3,500 It's the best matching 401k program you're ever going to get. So it's really great. But here's the other piece is your principal pay down Early on, it's very little, but after a couple of years, you know, every single month you're paying like a thousand to $2,000 a month. Like it gets to like a massive number that's going towards paying down your principal. So it's a, it's a massive equity and net worth play, a principal pay down play, if that makes sense. So what you've really got to do is decide. So for me personally, um, I do pretty well. So my income is pretty high. So, I'm not looking to do, um, I don't need right now to do cash flow plays. I want to do net worth plays. So that's what I'm kind of looking for is to build my net worth um more. But early on, I was looking, I, I, I really wanted to do cash flow plays because I felt like that would be the best way to build free because money's all about building freedom, right? The more money that comes in, the more freedom you have. And uh You know, the reason people get into real estate is freedom, flexibility, and financial gain. But the reality is, early on, you have to give up the few to get the last one. And then when you get the financial gain, that allows you to buy your freedom and flexibility back.
0: Another question along those lines, how do you decide whether you want to go for the cash flow play or the equity play? You yourself said that you were doing pretty well for yourself, but, you know, what does that mean? And how would would I figure that out for myself?
1: Well, I guess the question is... um, what is your goal? Is your goal to keep um, to keep the job you're in right now and build a you know build a portfolio that will set you up in 15 to 20 years where you're you know essentially you know you have a massive net worth that you could then you know if you have a loan you can kind of refi to a massive cash flow play and you just retire and if that's the case then I'd say build for uh, build for net worth, and and then 15 years you're you just keep stacking it, and in 15 years it's a great place. And, and just think about it this way: I mean, who of us have ever had our grandparent drive past a house they owned in the like 1960s and said, "Man, I'm really glad I sold that house. It's so much. It's worth so much less now." Like that never happens, right? So like that's that whole idea is if we buy it now, we know what's gonna happen around here, right? So that's that key is, is you wanna buy it um, and just start stacking your net worth. Now, if your goal is to get out of the job that you're in as fast as possible, then you wanna start early on replacing your income with cash flow and build towards that. Does that make sense?
0: Yes, and, and last question. Uh, how do you know how much you can afford when it comes to going for those equity plays?
1: Yeah. Just
0: depending um, on your own budget and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it sounds like you and Teddy are t- chatting a bunch. I would talk to Teddy. He could get you t- talking to a, uh, a lender and uh, the lender can can get you, tell you what you can afford. You can then run your numbers on everything. But here's what I would just say. Um, I would work really, really, really hard to make sure that you're, you're cash flow positive um, on properties right? So a lot of people, I've got so many friends that buy real estate just to buy real estate. And uh, one of the things, Robert Kiyosaki, who I know is not in favor right now, everybody loves to hate on Robert Kiyosaki right now, but that's fine. Um, The Rich Dad Poor Dad guy, one of the things he says is you win when you buy, right? You win when you buy. So um, just make sure that when you buy, you buy right and you're buying So that you're not losing money, you're not negative cash flow every month, but um, you can decide if you're going to play for the equity play, be at least, at least break even cash flow, if not positive cash flow um, every month. And if it's not that, then you probably should look at another option, if that makes sense. Cool. All right. We're over 830. Is there any last, uh, last questions, comments, anything else that anybody wants to throw out? Appreciate you, man. Thanks. Thanks for doing this for us.
0: You know, I know you're busy
1: and you got a lot going on. You got a big family and thank you for your time and your knowledge. Absolutely. Glad you could join us. And uh, yeah, if anybody has any questions, um, you know, reply to the email that you got the invite, reply to the person that invited you, whatever. Um, And I'm telling you, if you find anybody, anybody at all who wants to do uh, who wants to sell their house under market and you don't know what to do with it, Call any any of the people that invited you. Whatever, we'll work with you. We'll do the deal with you. We'll help you do it. And uh, other than that, I'm uh, I'm really excited. This was fun to hang with you guys, and let's kick butt. So let us know if we can help in any way. And Anna as well, Ladon. Yeah, all of us be happy to help. All right, guys. See ya. Have a great night.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Uncommon Real Estate. Subscribe to the podcast to stay up to date with the latest mastermind conversations from Chris, Jeff, and other uncommon real estate industry leaders. If you love this podcast, please write us a review. And to fast track your real estate career, go to chriscraddick.com.